Hey everybody, welcome back to Zero Authority. I'm Corey. And I'm Will. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. This is uh this is one of the happy weeks. Yeah, I mean, holy Christ, did you expect that? It's uh it's nice to go from uh, I don't know, two, three episodes in a row where it's all just down news. Yeah. A little bit of up news. Yeah. So I'm smiling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about government accountability. Uh, it's nice to see it actually come through in a way. Of course, like it's for us and from our perspective, we see it as like this positive thing. I know a bunch of people think it's super negative. So perspective matters. I but... mean, it's negative in it, when it comes to like the Trump administration, right? You want the, sure. the White House to be held in a higher esteem. But you know what? All of those desires have been shattered. Yep. Um, when it comes to maintaining civility in the West Wing, that's already a construct that's been destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So um, at this point, these sorts of developments are no longer detrimental to the office. They're actually beneficial. So let's, let's dive into the details. But in short, the news came out that uh, Mueller, so lead investigator on uh, the potential Russian collusion. Going to have to uh, do one of, those, uh, one of those corrections. Mueller. Mueller. Oh, thank you. I make that error all I the time. I know, whenever I read it. So Mueller, uh, on Monday, had officially announced uh, indictments for three individuals mm-hmm. uh, as a result of their investigation into possible, I don't know if it was just focused on the Russian collusion. Other or things as well. Lying to the illegal, FBI. Yeah, criminal uh, activity. But that's the thing with, with probes is they can actually go anywhere. They can get you in for any reason at yeah. all. Um, so it was Grimes, Manafort, and so three people, yep. some guy named Papadopoulos. Which is a fantastic thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, just... Wow. Uh, I want that to be the guy who runs the pizza joint where I pick up and get a slice together. Better ingredients. Mr. Papadopoulos. Better pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Papadopoulos. That goes out to, like, I think Sam Stein of the Washington Post <laughs> tweeted that. That was funny. Um, so, yeah, I just hit the table. <laughs> let's, get, let's get down to business about what happened here. Okay, details. Um... Let's talk about, you just mentioned the, the people, so let's start with the first uh, of those, and mm-hmm. probably the most well-known. Notable. Manafort. I yeah, mean, we so can Paul skip Manafort. over Grimes because they're similar things. Papadopoulos is a bit important. I mean, we can talk about Grimes too, but we'll see where it goes. But let's yeah. start with Manafort. So Manafort's probably most well-known in recent memory as the person that Trump brought on to be his campaign chair. And most notably known to the uh, people of Ukraine for helping an authoritarian puppet from the Russian Federation remain in power. Yep. So the guy has a bit of a sordid history. Yeah, with background. Yanukovych. I mean, it's... A... Uh, is it fair to say that you can describe him as a man that simply sells out his services to the highest bidder? Oh, yeah. He's slimy. Yeah. Um, he He's brought in essentially for conspiracy against U.S. interests. Are you talking um, about the specific crimes that mm-hmm. Mueller is, is looking at? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's been indicted for. That's the highest crime. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's, there's many underneath There's perjury. That. There's yeah. uh, like forging of documents. The money a, laundering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe laundering was not the most so – I, I mean, they're really shooting for uh, for a three-pointer here with, with the um, conspiracy. Well, and with Mueller, I think um, – with his reputation and history and experience and, and how people know him on the Hill and in Washington, uh, you can take a lot of confidence around the idea that they, they have substantial evidence to support every oh, yeah. single one of these indictments. Yeah, because, this didn't read like a standard, um, like let's say, like Manhattan court indictment. It didn't read right. like 
uh, I'm being brought into the uh, like White Plains courthouse with an indictment for like I don't know battery against me. Sure. Uh, this read almost like a conviction. There, there is more evidence than is really needed to to present a case. Yeah. I mean, there's a case here. Let's talk about though the the uh, indictment and specifically whether or not any of it has any connection to Trump. And we have to be really plain here at the gate, and there is none. Yeah. There are no connections to Trump. There are no mm-hmm. tr- connections to the campaign. There are no connections to anything that Trump um, did politically. They're not with Manafort, uh, but with Papadopoulos. Correct. So That's we're talking about it within the realm of Manafort and what he did. If you look at, like, I don't know, the extreme nature of the crimes he committed, I think a lot of Democrats would have been even happier if there was the silver bullet that connected that to Trump and to the campaign. But that's not there. Yeah, we'll get there. I mean, we'll get there. I, the, the, now it's getting to the point where it's hard to make a case for a lack of uh, campaign involvement in this issue, um, particularly with Papadopoulos. Um, but let's let's be frank here in saying that there's a chance that this indictment remains sealed until Monday – because the Mueller team was trying to get Flynn or, or Mueller to, to uh, cooperate. Yeah. And I think the fact that the FBI had to do a knockdown raid, essentially, of the Manafort estate proves that they didn't think they were going to get the cooperation they needed from him. Or at least they had proof that they wouldn't. Yeah. Let's talk warrant. a little more about that. What has... Manafort said on record or through any reps to, I don't know, describe or communicate his position or his feelings. He's lied. Um, Like on several accounts when it comes to moving money through uh, Ukraine, where that money came from. uh, Oh, well, we know that, but I'm saying specific to the indictment and the charges, his willingness to cooperate with the FBI. Oh, he said uh, his uh, counsel's response. Yeah. Fake news was (laughs) the – I mean it it really – so the reason I ask that is uh, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering whether or not the strength of the indictment is going to be a tool for the FBI to, to get Manafort to cooperate with the broader investigation. Oh, yeah. Because he, I mean, but he... But do you think he's going to help out? He, well, his choice is either that or 29 years in prison. I yeah. mean, because the reality here is if this wasn't Paul Manafort and he wasn't a fish in a bucket that we needed to, like, we need to get the entire bucket. He is one fish. The problem here is that were he not involved in this other thing, most Americans would want to see somebody like Manafort put away. What's the strength of the possibility of a presidential pardon? How how, how likely could it be that, that would he's start, counting on that? That would start a constitutional crisis. I sure. Mean, but if you think about the conversations Trump and Manafort potentially are having, so let's assume that there's some connection somewhere. Uh-huh. And part of the conversation is... You know. Look, we as we said earlier on a podcast, maybe two or three podcasts ago, yeah. the Arpaio pardon was really a test of the the extent of that power. Um, the, I mean, the the sheriff Joe Arpaio uh, pardon was before he was even convicted. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't pardoning a sentence he had received. This was a a, a ad hoc presidential order. Um, so. Is there a chance? Yeah. Do I think he'll do it? No. I think I think it would be the dumbest thing for the Trump White House to do. Wow. Um, because it's not just pardoning friends. It's 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 
disrupting an investigation. Yeah, but I, we know he doesn't what, care about any of the traditional, of course, typical ways. Of, of course, but then things. it makes the case for obstruction of justice all that much more likely. I mean... Has he ever really listened to his lawyer? Because you know he's not going to come to that conclusion and say, I shouldn't do this because it's going to make the case worse. I mean, I, don't, I can't see anybody around him saying do this because I know that none of the ideas Trump gets are of his own fruition other than his shitty tweets. Um, I, don't, I think the pardoning is his idea with Arpaio. I don't think that happens. I think that was like a Miller-esque, Bannon-esque move. I think that he was doing it to give uh, an award to the white nationalists that had been supporting him. Okay. Well, let's not try to – I mean, I don't, I'm taking us down the route of trying to predict the future, and we know that's a wasted effort. But With Trump, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and specifically around Manafort here and, and what's going to happen. The thing is, Trump hasn't shocked me yet, and that would shock me. I mean, Trump has shocked me with off-the-cuff comments he's made with how he handled the death of a U.S. soldier in Niger, but like, he hasn't shocked me in, in ways that, that have been predicted. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think he'll do it. So Manafort is tight-lipped. Unlikely right now, at least early days, that the FBI is going to, a lot of, going to get a lot of cooperation from him. But as you said, he really ultimately does have much doesn't have much choice in the matter. Yeah, he he has to, or else he goes away. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. That's why Manafort is the perfect person. Uh, Flynn is too, because even outside of the 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 issues with the campaign that they have committed, what I would deem to be high crimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, or allegedly have committed. I don't want to be the the judge and jury on this podcast. Sure, I think that's, that's totally the, the, fair. The charges the levied default. against them are, are serious. And if, if they were brought to a courtroom, uh, especially if like this was a trial with a jury, mm-hmm. Manafort's not a likable character. No, he's, he's pretty sleazy. <laughs> he, he is a prosecutor would love to see a guy <laughs> like Paul Manafort because then you can yeah. just run a, run a character critique through. Yeah, it's not going to... Not gonna, yep. It's not going to help his own case there. Oh, yeah. All right, so speaking of them, we've talked about Manafort. Let's talk about Mr. Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. One of the really great minds. <laughs> uh, but now Sarah Huckabee Sanders said he was like an unpaid intern. Of course. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, God, like a college-level <laughs> intern. So connections from him to the campaign, a lot more relevant and prevalent than what uh, Manafort had, at least in relation um, to the, yeah, the crimes, probably, the potential crimes. Probably not in all reality if we look at the grand, grand scheme of things. The connections that Manafort had to the Russian government were stronger than that of Papadopoulos. But sure, but if we narrow but, it to what's in the but, indictment. But so interesting about this strategy is they're not going for – because I'm assuming they have, have more information pertaining to Manafort outside of this indictment. Um, I don't think this is all that the FBI has on Manafort. Um, it, it just couldn't be. You never, yeah, this, this, from what we've seen, there's indicting, a big body of They're indicting him for, some, for something else to yeah. get him in. Um, but, I mean, that's at least what I would think. I'm not, I don't have a JD. I'm not. You're on your way. You'll, you'll be I'm not an equipped. FBI. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know. They're boot camp equivalent. I'll be, I'll be a private eye. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, Papadopoulos is interesting because of the emails. <laughs> But yeah, his emails. All right, let's talk about them. Uh, Which one's your favorite? My, my favorite one is the, the dirt one. Uh, <laughs> it's similar to the – it is really comparable to the Don Jr. emails, I think. They're more incriminating, obviously, but they're similar in content. Okay, give me, give me the dirt one. Let's talk about we, the dirt we, one. We have dirt on Hillary Clinton, Yeah. Uh, and you can get it. And then essentially Papadopoulos tried to set up a meeting between Trump and Putin – or Papadopoulos in coordination with some Russian, higher up. yeah. And then he sends an email to someone who's not named in the indictment, and they respond by saying, we cannot have Trump go there as to not send any signals. Right, right. Um, 
Whoa. <laughs> Eek. This is getting spooky. Yeah. Well, okay, so... It's like the I'll, Manchurian I'll try, I'll try the devil's advocate role here. It is really common practice for candidates to do opposition research on each other. Yeah, it is. And to collect and accumulate opposition, opposition data from anyone who's willing to give it. Uh, not from foreign intelligence. Okay, so that's where my next question is, uh, why is this any different? And yeah, to your and, point there. And uh, the quid pro quo you see in the, the RNC's platform taking out the uh, part about sending weapons to Ukraine. How sure are we that the camp Papadopoulos and the rest of those that are a part of that conversation were aware that the other side of this conversation included those in Russian intelligence? Pretty... Pretty substantial. It's more than the... Uh, I mean, it wasn't in his email page. signature, I'm sure. Yeah, no, but... Again, it's hard to know because the indictments obviously don't disclose that extensive... Uh, like, information to that extent. But again, uh, they're not talking to a Delhi worker in Moscow. Sure. Uh, so, just the nature of the conversation, it just... It has to be intelligent offic- intelligence officials, at least people from the Kremlin. Um, whether or not they're, they're people with, with authority on those issues, I don't know. So what is the difference between Papadopoulos's value to Mueller in the investigation versus a Manafort? How are they treating him? Papadopoulos is like a foot in the door, right? Like, here's, here's our connection. But it's such a weak one. The one you want to make is the Manafort one. Maybe they've already made it. We wouldn't know. Um, because this indictment is clearly to get Manafort to flip or to just send him away to send a message. Yeah. Uh, because it's clear that Mueller's uh, not fucking around. Um, I think part of why this was done, uh, and this is moving quickly. Uh, yeah. I know that, that conservative media says that this is not yielding any sort of uh, um, real evidence. That's not true. Um they're trying to compare it to the Benghazi investigation, which is just grand. Um, considering that, like, oh, that only happened for, like, a year. Uh, no, three years. And um, right, that right. yielded nothing. Nine congressional committees. Yeah. yeah. But um, the, the the real scandal is Hillary Clinton and the uranium deal, okay? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get back to <laughs> Okay, let's get back to Okay, M- Mueller. Mueller. Mueller's not messing around. <laughs> uh he is trying to prove to to people, it seems, that if you do not cooperate with us, we will find something and we will send you there. Yeah. Um, and I think by taking down uh, Manafort, they're saying, and we don't care how big of a fish you are, or yeah. how, and by going down to Grimes and Papadopoulos, they're like, and we don't care how small of a fish you are. This is terrifying because if there are sealed indictments presented today, let's say bef- before the end of this podcast, yep. um, if they're sealed, six Trump staffers are going in this week to to testify or to meet with um to be interviewed by and if there's a sealed indictment on the table they have everybody from grimes to manafort so you can be a small fish or a big fish well Um, let's let's peel back the layers there a little bit six trump aides come in i'm assuming one by one they sit at a table and there's a sealed indictment Sitting in front of them. I mean, what does that mean? What is that as leverage? How is it used? It's sitting there in front. Of, I don't. Uh, he's classier than that, to to say, hey, this could be you. He'll just because he'll know that they know, uh, and they'll just conduct the interview. But here's the thing: they don't know who's going to be indicted. Um, so if you cooperate with them in that interview, maybe it won't be you. Maybe yeah. it still will be. But this is sitting in front of the six and say, th- just think about four, what this four is. of you are going away. Yeah, think about just how horrifying it must be 
to have been over your head, like been in over your head uh, in the Trump campaign. Because a lot of these people were like shooting way above their qualifications. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now your misdeeds have led to like an extensive FBI investigation. That has to be terrifying. Um, If a lot of their ideological positions and some of the things they've said weren't so repugnant, like if this were a bunch of like cruise aides, I'd probably feel bad for them um, because it's it's got to be scary, right? Um, sure. You were like 29 years old, and now there's a chance that uh, you will be seeing time in federal prison. That's a scary prospect. Uh, the the alleged crimes are pretty severe uh, against Manafort, so I don't really feel bad for him. Yeah, I don't but, know. That's a tough one. There's people in that campaign and that inner circle that I wouldn't feel bad. I mean, it's really been obvious that they uh, bought into, took the bait, hooked yeah, Roger Stone could end up internalized in, a lot of what was going on. Roger Stone could end up in a lot of trouble. I mean... Yeah. So the, so the six aides go. Uh, there's going to be testimony. Um, we've talked about Manafort and Papadopoulos. Um, what about Grimes? Is there any significance there other than... He's an underling of, of Manafort's. It's like a lighter version of Papadopoulos's thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all you need to know, like in layman's terms, and they, which is all I understand too. So Why? So some of the questions are out there. Why is Flynn not part of this initial batch? Why are some other people not a part of this initial batch? I'm, I'm really glad you asked that question, Corey. Um, <laughs> because... Either Flynn's already cooperating with the FBI, or he's now going to cooperate with the FBI. Well, I mean, he had so many close ties and connections and conversations with Russians at the same time or also, shortly thereafter. Just, just or... like Manafort, he didn't disclose that he was working for a right. foreign nation. Yeah. So Flynn could be brought in for the same exact charges as Manafort, which is fucking amazing. Do you think they're staggering? If they do have something on him... They are going to pursue, but they're just staggering it so it comes next. Like I would, I would really like to point out, like, and they're not that important because I've already forgotten their names. But if the Hillary for America people had been doing this, less John Podesta, I can remember his name. But if the Hillary <laughs> for America people had been doing this and it was exposed, Hillary Clinton would already be going through impeachment proceedings. Sure. Uh, so the argument that this has nothing to do with Russia, in fact, I have kind of. Another position. I don't care. <laughs> the, the, the alleged crimes are severe enough that I think they should be pursued. Uh, any foreign government, any foreign intelligence service. I'm with you. Like, Manafort was knowingly working for the Turkish government. He was on their payroll, Erdogan's payroll, uh, advocating for U.S. policies through, through American media that would, that would be friendlier to Turkey in its... Uh, Friendly to Erdogan, Erdogan. Turkey. So yeah, it's it's hard to say Tur- because a lot of Turks hate Erdogan. I know it's you can't all Turks really in, most Turks in America substitute like one for the other. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 an odd situation there. But geopolitics aside, um, the taking a more friendly stance and allowing Turkey to kind of interfere in issues in Syria and just essentially do more to to combat the Kurds. Yeah, um, like against arming the Kurds, allowing. Turkey to send forces without punishing them via like condemnation through NATO, things like that. Yeah. Um, and he was the head of NATSEC for the president elect. That's scary. Sure. 
No, the circles that he works in long and has been working in long before he even became associated with Trump, where he worked in afterwards. I mean, yeah, those are the kinds of things you, if you don't disclose, it's it's a crime. Um, it it is. Yeah. All right, so we'll see what happens in that that vein. Looking at the other potential names are going to come up here, but what are the next immediate steps to take these indictments against these three people and uh, start the legal process? Uh, uh, in pursuing those indictments, what happens? Well, if the guy that wasn't in in contact with um, the Republican operative that was in contact with quote unquote WikiLeaks people, because we actually don't know who they were, uh, they claim to be from WikiLeaks. If he wasn't dead, um, this would be a lot easier. Uh, now that he is, uh, I think Roger Stone's in trouble. Um, he knew. Well before these document dumps that they were coming. Yeah. How? Uh, I don't think he's innocent in this at all. Uh, Jared Kushner as well for having the, just the plethora of meetings that he did. So those are so some initial or some future people to look at. But for the three right now and the indictments against them, like Monday, what happens as that case starts to move forward? Um. I mean, neither the, the, of us are the part experts of, on the legal The part system. of this process, like due process itself, is very slow. Yeah. Uh, so don't expect a lot of news on that front for a long time. So uh, there's not going to be a camera shot of Manafort, Manafort and handcuffs being taken off and thrown in the back of an FBI vehicle? No, because he hasn't been charged. Like, the way that that goes is usually you surrender yourself to the authorities. You can actually... Uh, coordinate how you do it. You can request how you surrender yourself. So then help uh, me. So he so he did it in, in a courtroom. He's out on bail. He was he's okay. never been in handcuffs. So the indictment uh, took them to that early part of the process where they they get some judgment around what their bail will be. Yep. Okay. And so that all uh, three of these people are back. bail was set at, like pretty expensive. I don't, I don't remember okay. what it was. I don't actually even know if they disclosed that information. Sometimes. But they've been officially charged with crimes. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And so the legal yeah. process is going to start to But once against Manafort, if I were a prosecutor, I would love to do that. Uh, <laughs> because those are those are the largest. So like this these are career making charges and yeah. it seems like they're actually the easiest. Yeah. So what what's the some US within, attorneys are kind of pissed that they didn't get this opportunity. <laughs> within the party though, uh, how strong is the divide if it exists at all in changing opinions around Mueller and his qualifications continue this investigation. Are we seeing a broader, stronger push now to support the idea of Trump firing him and replacing him? The the crazy people in Congress, but the Senate won't allow it. Yeah. Remember, the Senate has to, you have to be an adult in the U.S. Senate. You can, <laughs> you can be a child in the House of Representatives. That's why you're seeing Democrats in the House, you know, going ahead with their own, like, fake impeachment proceedings. And you have right. Republicans saying that he should fire Mueller, uh, fire Mueller, Fire uh, Rosenstein, fire, I mean, like, he, without actually knowing how any of this works, you can be a kid in the House of Reps. I, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced a lot of the people in the House of Representatives are, are like, fucking lunatics. It's amateur hour. With uh, a lot of yeah, them, it's, yeah. It, it has become an amateur hour. I mean, yeah. whatever. <laughs> okay, so the reason I ask that question is I think a lot of people are wondering, will Trump get to a point where he decides to fire Mueller? And then that leads to the question, what stands in the way of that, right? If, if the party... Well, he um, can't do it. He has, to, he has to get Rosenstein to do... Rosenstein to... Uh, Rosenstein? Oh, whatever. I'm doing my Whichever. best. Uh, 
to do it, and he won't do it. So then he has to get somebody else to fire Rosenstein, and maybe That's, they won't yeah. do it. Actually, he fired that guy recently. <laughs> so maybe he's starting. But well, Sessions recused himself from the whole thing. So uh, for some reason, Trump can't have Sessions fire Rosenstein? Uh, Ron Rosenstein. You could, like, you could. I mean, I don't really know. But uh, on these issues... You could have the AG fire him and say it has nothing to do with that investigator. You could just say sure. it has to do with his his efficacy and his ability to yeah, do the job. Latest performance review. He comes to work too late. Yeah. So like there's there a million you reasons you could fire him. Like like uh, Comey. They, it was Hillary Clinton. He was too mean to Hillary Clinton, yeah. and apparently that's why we fired him. So do you still feel like there's a threat over the horizon of Mueller being fired? Oh, I, I think that if there is nothing Trump won't do to save his own skin. Well, I I think, I think, um, I think uh, he'll fire Mueller if it has if he has to uh, sooner rather than later. No, this will take a while. Okay. Don't All expect right. like a ble- like a Richard Nixon style bloody Sunday. Okay. I, I don't think you're gonna see that. So we're first we're, we're through the first kind of oh shit this is happening stages of this criminal investigation. Yeah, the oh shit oh shit oh shit whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um. How is this playing out in the media? So you, what, are the, what are the main threads that are standing out right now? It depends what media you watch. Yeah. Um, some media, far left media, is covering it differently from center, central media. Like, and I call center media MSNBC and CNN. I, I know that like, they're maligned as le- liberal media. You haven't seen actual liberal media. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, but... Yeah, CNN and MSNBC, of course they're reporting this. Um, Fox News is worried about the hamburger emoji, uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton and her collusion with the DNC. If, if, Donna if, Brazil hadn't just like waited a week or two. No, because Donna Brazil's trying to make her quick buck. Uh, I know, whatever. but it's the perfect filler for them to talk about and not talk about more. Yeah, as if, this, as, as if this would be news. Like, party officials didn't like Bernie Sanders. Party officials felt like Bernie Sanders was a problem. That's how parties work. Uh, it's, it's relevant news to me. Like, I want to learn more about it, but in how no party, way, shape, or form how, how the parties work. I mean, we could have a discussion about Bernie Sanders' like inability to work with the party and why, like... Uh, I mean, so let's not open that can. But my, my only point being in, in the question about how the media is reacting to this, it's awfully... Uh, fortunate timing for Fox News for this to come yeah. up for them to not have to or make like up a terrorist shit. attack in New York City, which is tragic. Yeah. But oh, yeah. holy God, it, it, was it the the wrong time for something like that to occur? Yeah. Not to say that the there's never a good or right time, but but it seems like there's always a tragedy on uh, at the precipice of these news events that that he's able to. Well, and you, I mean, talk about. going a little off the deep end, you can understand slightly how the crazy conspiracists get behind the idea of false flag operations <laughs> and like. If you want to distract the media and, you know, you need it to happen at a certain time, why wouldn't you create something? Yeah, like, anyways, wow, the, the worst terrorist, this guy is the dumbest terrorist in the world yeah. to, try to, to try to make his stand. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you laugh at him, eh, he's a little less legitimate. He, like, wanted a flag flown in his hospital room. What a joke. Yeah. Uh, but. Well, I took his way off the rails here. I apologize. Let's get back to Mueller. Yeah, and investigation. Enough, enough about like murderous uh, psychopaths. Yeah, distracting. I mean, we have one in office, but anyways, um, <laughs> we what? went there. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but let's let's bring this back to like sanity. Yeah. No, Fox News is not covering it. They're covering it. Uh, this 
Uranium deal that didn't include the State Department directly, so I don't know how Hillary Clinton did it. I mean, they they are they're arguing that Hillary Clinton essentially gave uranium, uh, the the like weapons grade uranium to to Russia. What? I mean, she had some in the backyard, and she just it was you know what it was next to the server in Bill's basement. <laughs> he had his reserve uranium. The radioactiveness wiped the email. So I mean, it's yeah. You know, it's that's actually isotopes. what bleached right. the bleached the the the, <laughs> the computer. It yeah. was what it was actually the the potentness of <laughs> this weapons grade uranium. That's actually why she's sick. She's falling down because of this exposure. <laughs> I could I could run an Alex Jones level show. I could oh just bullshit. Well, the, the greatest part of all that is you build the Alex Jones Jones uh, show to sell all the supplements. Yeah, Herbalife. Yeah. Uh, so, but now Fox <laughs> News has kind of jumped on that bandwagon. Grundle wipes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Judge Janine Pirro, Pereo, oh, whatever. Judge Janine, she's the popular one that yells at you <laughs> for an hour. Uh, she said, <laughs> "It's time to end this investigation. Turn the tables and lock her up." That's right. I said it. I actually said it. Lock her up. Um, first of all, let's unpack this because this became the thesis of the Fox News news cycle for a week. He's, she is openly advocating for the president to interfere in the judicial process, flip it, and go after a political opponent. Who's no longer who's no longer in office, in office. but but also but, but let's actually talk about this in his in, in its most broad terms. He is trying to obstruct justice in in a way so that he can essentially uh, this she is advocating for and the Fox News uh, network is advocating for Trump, the president of the United States, to obstruct justice yeah. and go after in a criminal fashion his political opponent. That is. A scary level of authoritarianism that you wouldn't think to see yeah, on a mainstream news that's channel. That's a dictatorial regime. Yep. Right there. And now you see Sebastian Gorka on on Fox News all the time. A guy that was so crazy he had to be fired by the Trump administration. So Trump's going to call Arpaio. Arpaio's going to throw the old sheriff's badge on. He's going to roll up to Hillary's house and, and pull out the cup. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, always, I feel like there is a better chance uh, of Hillary Clinton going to prison than any of the like Trump inner, inner circle people. Uh, it's it's ludicrous. Which is a shame. It's I mean, ludicrous that's scary. That the the party that that fights for less government involvement wants the government to step up and just willy nilly go out and start arresting people. Yep. Political opponents. I mean, we can talk about the like inconsistency of the conservative ideology of the contemporary conservative ideology in the United States. That's another episode. Um, <laughs> because I have like a forty-five minute diatribe on that, but. Yeah, so... The, All right, in, in the media, Fox News ignoring, just ignoring the Mueller investigation. Which, which is... Mueller indictments. Which is kind of scary, if you think about it. Because there were people... There were Trump voters who watched Fox News. Remember, before the Trump election, before Trump's election, the Trump election, the Trump year, there were Fox News viewers who did not like Trump. But I feel like Fox News has slowly conditioned a lot of its viewers to become Trump supporters over time. By, by instead of making them like Trump, making them dislike Trump opponents more. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they're the, so they're by the, the outlet for the Republican Party. I mean, it's I think it's as simple as our party versus theirs. Yep. And that's the mouthpiece for the Republican Party. But now it's gotten to a point where, like, <sighs> the Democratic Party threw Anthony Weiner under a bus. 
right? Like under a train. Like he was done. Trump, I think I think he threw himself on like we yeah, okay. hired the of bus yep. a couple times over, yeah, laid yeah, down yeah. in front of it. But I know, of what, course, I know but where you're going. Equal charges have been levied against the president of the United States, and the Republican Party sticks with them. So I think when it comes to party politics, both parties are not equally to blame. The the Democratic Party, while it has its flaws, it does not uphold people who are not conducive to the process of democracy. The Republican Party will. And you see that in Roy Moore, and you see that in the President of the United States. There, there are very few things that you can do that will get the Republican Party to disown you. Which is why the conservative Declaring media, atheism, yeah. that'll get you thrown out. But whether it's tapping another man's foot under a stall trying to engage in gay sex on the hill, whether it's grabbing him by the pussy, whether, I mean, there's, there is no sexual deviancy, inappropriate and moral behavior that can get the party to, to throw you no aside. No blatantly immoral or unethical actions that, that will get you thrown I, I'm, I'm really trying to recall a time in which the party said, that's not how Republicans behave, and we're going to punish you because of it. I'm going to say, well, I, I bet he's for tax reform. Yeah. <laughs> he believes in God. So, yeah. He wants a, a country for Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why conservative media is not reporting it, because... I, the, and Fox News has slowly become the Trump news network um, because they've actually started to lean authoritarian rather than conservative, which is more government. They, they, I mean, they essentially want more government, but they want more central government. Yeah. They don't want – they still – it's so odd. It's a tumor. Like it's, it's become this like malignant tumor of an ideology. It's, it's gross. It makes no sense. It's inconsistent. They want uh, – they're conventional interpreters of the Constitution, but they like Roy Moore, who's ignored judicial review, who has violated – blatantly violated the Constitution and has been thrown off the bench twice because of it. Yeah. Um, and not voted off, thrown off. Um, they – they, they want – some in the House want the president to obstruct justice. Which would go against Article Four, yeah. uh, so, and Article Two. Um, so, these are <laughs> these are battle cries that I think they love repeating. These are positions and principles that they like saying they stand for, but they don't actually. Uh, understand. They've lost all their meaning. They don't understand any of it. They've lost all their meaning. And it, when they're pressed to back it or pressed to act on these principles, uh, they don't have a clue what that means. Yeah. So, they they will stand by him. No matter what, which is why I think impeachment is unlikely unless it gets to a point where the evidence is just undeniable. Because I, I do actually think that uh, Trump doesn't have as much power to – like if, if, there, if we saw a broad Republican coalition impeach Trump, Trump would become unpopular because nobody ever wants to be the guy that voted for the guy that got impeached. I still think that's stronger because people supported Richard Nixon until the evidence – against him was so strong and then everybody was then subsequently polled and he would have lost the election by a landslide yeah. if people were telling the truth. Yeah. I, I think people vote shamefully but without any shame because we make it such talking about politics is taboo in the United States. It can be. Um, I would say talking about politics with someone who has different political opinions is taboo 
Yeah, and it, I we, find we it, rant and fucking rave in our echo yeah, chambers. Yeah, but of course. And and the thing is, I've always found it odd, and I've had discussions with family members about this who don't want to discuss politics. Um, if you're so concerned that your position is indefensible, maybe you should reevaluate your <laughs> position. Yeah. If yeah. you can't conjure up or procure a sufficient enough position to justify your actions, your actions may have been wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to totally sound like a, a conservative, crazy Republican here. But this is why the whole safe space thing drives me absolutely fucking crazy because it's environments where dialogue, discourse, debate, disagreement uh, have to be encouraged that allow us to continue this idea that we can talk about things that we disagree about. Yeah, and that's all true except for the reality that if people are not willing to engage in a discourse where different ideas are presented, then they don't they aren't equipped to discuss these things at all. If your ideas cannot be challenged because that would bother you, whether you are a conservative, a liberal, a social progressive, a social conservative, um, then you are clearly not equipped to discuss these issues at all. The point of politics and the point of policy and the point of socio-political discussion is debate. Philosophy is debate. If you cannot engage in that debate, you cannot engage in the discussion. There yeah. cannot be a political discussion without ample debate. Well, and the idea is that we should be talking to each other to figure out what type of country we want yeah. together. Yeah. And it's all echo chamber nowadays. Few groups come together and can have a conversation with the stated understanding or just the known understanding that the point of the conversation we're about to have is to get a better understanding of what would be best for all of us. Not just my position, not just your position, but all of us together. I... You know, I'm 39 years old. I don't remember a time that it was ever easy to do that. Maybe there was a time when people regularly engaged in that. Not in the United States. For a very long time, it's always been an us versus them type of mentality. And you just politically never crossed the line to the other party uh, when it came to discussing politics and figuring out what we wanted for ourselves in the future. But But that's not the way we frame it. It's what we don't want. Well, and this is that divide is what we're seeing within the fact that Fox News won't cover this. I don't like all these people getting so offended all the time. They just mean transgender people, gay people, black people. Um, That like I mean the 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 card the coin can easily be flipped to the other side. Of course, but here's the thing, right? Like we provide openings for them a lot of the time. Progressives will provide openings by getting offended by these things. Instead of getting offended, respond. But yeah. sometimes a response is interpreted as offense. If someone makes a comment that I don't agree with and I simply state that I don't agree with it and provide a counter, that is not me being offended. That is me addressing your opinion. Yeah, totally. So I think a lot of conservatives conflate offense with offense. I think a lot of people do. I, I'm not willing to just assign that to conservatives. I mean, <clears throat> you see plenty of uh, people on the left on Tumblr or any other forum of your choosing that make the same human mistake. Like, it's a cultural thing in this country. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, when it comes to social stuff, uh, particularly when it comes to LGBT issues, sometimes the positions that, like, conservatives hold and young conservatives hold just aren't going to hold up uh, 
with this generation. Uh, there, there, there shouldn't be a conversation about whether or not gay marriage should be a thing anymore. I think that that's like a conversation that's been had. I told, and I think rehashing I, it is, is a waste of time. But I'll have the conversation. No, I mean, have the conversation. I don't think you should rule out any conversations. Like the, the conversations and positions that have just yeah, fallen no, out if, of if favor socially, a, like if a fascist, they won't stand. Yeah, if a fascist comes in and provides his ideology, he's I, open that's, to do that. That's one of the saddest things about the current state of affairs in this country is some of these positions that we thought no one would find support for if they tried to promote them are finding support. Whether it be yeah, but the, some, the bigotry or the racism. And I think the fact that we but are... But the extremes on both sides are eating up all the attention. Whether it's the left or the right. But do you want the acknowledgement out on the table that there's a part of our society and our culture that still feels this way? Do you want that out in the open so we can yes. deal with it? Or do you mm -hmm. want it just festering? Yeah, no. What happens when it festers for... We have for to have it in the open. What happens when it festers for 50 years is... Everyone creates sort of a an understanding, an under the table understanding of what they want, and they elect Donald Trump or uh, or Hayes or Richard Nixon president. Yeah. That's what happens when grievances uh, grievances aren't aired and they're not responded to. A lot of the arguments presented of the most important issues of Trump voters are not legitimate anymore. They're not problems anymore. This fear of terrorism when you're in Milwaukee is not. An issue, but if it was made open, if these if if these people were exposed, and not exposed in a negative sense, if if these ideas were brought to light and debated openly, then maybe there could be an educational discussion there. But instead, Roy Moore supporters only hang out with Roy Moore supporters, so they're sure. all like the Muslims are coming to kill us all. Yeah, and media is doing very little to encourage that kind of coming across the aisle. No, because by 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 feeding into that frenzy, yeah. more news events happen, more yeah. more newsworthy events occur, more fucking nuts are elected to the Senate, and while you can get a lot of clicks on BuzzFeed by posting the ten craziest things Roy Moore said, how about a discussion about why Roy Moore's ideology is picking up steam? Yeah. Instead of that, it's like, oh, man, uh, God, isn't Washington terrible? Who puts people in Washington? We do. We are Washington. Yeah. You and I are Washington. So the, the problem here is that we look to this city and we say, fuck, that's messed up. But then we don't look at ourselves and go, fuck, we're messed up. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just another part of human nature. The inability to look within. And accept responsibility. To look externally, like, there's been some great papers written and some great just basic statements about the fact that if you take any individual, they generally tend to think they're progressive enough as should be progressive. They're conservative enough as should be conservative. No one looks at their own ideologies and says, wow, I'm really off center. I'm really way too far to the left or way too far to the right. I got to adjust. No, this, people We all believe... That we are the, at the greatest possible point of rationality and how the world should be perceived. And so we all engage in, when we talk to someone else, an effort to convince them why they should think more like us. When we really should be acknowledging, like, with the limited knowledge and experience that we all have individually, even people none of us know. It's just limited perspective. Everybody has a limited perspective. Right. And so coming together shouldn't be, in an ideal world, competitive. Instead, it should be, here's what I can bring to the table. Here's what you bring to the table. We talk about it. We fill in gaps in each other's knowledge from what the other person has. We can talk about the issue itself, absent of its, like, accusations about what our positions mean about us as individuals. Not to be this guy because I am a millennial so I can act like this. I can I can like <laughs> s disparage my own generation. This is social media's fault entirely. 
I, I think, at least in, in the strain of it that's present in, like, our generation, or, like, our collective, I don't know how they break down, uh, but the the um, the younger end of, of like, adults, whew, boy, did Facebook fuck fuck us up like i the, the the issue is no longer do we actually go out and experience other ideas engage in conversation we do it with we find groups that we associate with and we do it almost subconsciously i find my twitter feed to not exactly be a bastion of political ideological diversity it, it is completely monopolized by progressive uh by progressive journalists, well, not even progressive, like slightly left-leaning journalists, um, and maybe only anti-Trump Republicans. And yeah. you know, if an anti-Trump Republican started presenting his fiscal policy or his monetary policy, I'd probably disagree. But the thing is, I'd probably be better off for knowing that that idea is out there. If that, if you could go into it with that understanding and perspective. And allow those understandings to change how you hear things and how you internalize them and whether or not you take offense at them and yeah, how you weigh them against your current positions. But yeah. also, like, another thing, people need to stop being offended by fiscal policy. Not, not, every, <laughs> not every conservative idea will lead to cultural genocide. Uh, but that's the framework with which we address these debates. We, yeah. we say, holy fuck, everyone's going to die. And I know I'm getting quite crude with my language, but... Uh, I apologize. We have a swear jar here. Uh, <laughs> what? That, stop, stop. You're taking me back to my Mormon days being but, raised uh, when you had to pay for swearing. Swear and jar. swearing back then was like, shut up. I remember... I remember shut up, man. Shut up punishments. No, this is, uh, this is our free world here. We'll swear as much mouth. as we like. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I'm curious as well of the internet and social media's effect on making people feel like they are always being watched or observed or measured that they always have to have a response. They always have to have a hot take. Yeah, I hate hot take. They always have to have everything I hate, figured I out. I hate hot take politics, particularly on the left. I don't really mind it on the right because it's not as common to get hot takes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, humans already had a problem starting from a position where they admit they don't know anything or they don't, they don't know nearly as much as they, they should to have the strongest. Because why do you need to know anything have. when you can just blindly advocate for Marxism on Tumblr? Well, and I think... The fact that they're always like presenting the themselves bucket, right? to hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people. You can't adopt the position of, you know what? I just don't know. I have no, you know, I have no clue. I have some experiences and I can share them with you. But this, like, whether it's Tumblr, whether it's the right or the left, it seems like everyone I talk to is just wholly convinced they get it and they're about to convince you. Of why their position is just true. Yeah, nobody actually wants to have a conversation because the the conversation then goes, you know, what you have to understand, or right. what I understand is, right. or what you clearly lack information on is that that is never the right way to start a conversation. What you say is, look, my perspective on this issue is this, but if you have any other ideas, like, yeah, th this is not the way. Like, imagine if in this political climate. Americans, like the top American thinkers, first of all, none of them would be Trump supporters. So let's say the most average American thinkers um, had to found, like start a nation. Like we had to, we had to go to the the uh, the Keys, the Florida Keys, and start our own sovereign nation. Holy fuck! Would the Constitutional Convention be a mess? <laughs> like, uh, actually, we're going to have a, a a line item in here that says when the black helicopters come. Uh, like, 
Hitler's alive, and the U.S. government is hiding his, uh, is hiding him. Yeah. You go to Seattle, the Constitutional Convention being just as goofy on the left. Yeah. Well, no, and and on the left, they're like, we cannot allow parents to identify their children by their, uh, by their uh, biologically assigned gender because that is oppression. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there there's some dumb things. Um, the uh, incoming noise of the vacuum here in the office space is probably a good it's sign for us to uh, <laughs> wrap up in about you know two three minutes here. So let's let's close out for this week. Um, Manafort. Maybe. On Manafort, on Mueller, on the indictments. Um, what should we be looking for next? I'm going to take a leap here. Jared Kushner. Okay. For all those omissions on his papers. Yeah. Like, they'll, he, he, he's lawyered up. He's ready to go. But I think he should. I think Mueller should. I think Mueller should try his best to get fired, actually. Mm. Should do things that would... That if Trump was as petulant as everyone says he is, he is, and and as tyrannical as everyone says he is, test that. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the for the good of the nation. Well, to his credit, I, I mean, think Mueller's already done everything that one man needs to do in their life. Well, uh, I was going to say to his credit, he's and, got no legacy uh, to build. The he's benefit of no this point. investigation, the man has never played politics. Not once. So I think it'll be actually a good sign that he doesn't do any of that. I think you would appreciate it if he um, did. I think I don't gonna... think it's political though. I think it's to prove that he doesn't care about what the ramifications are. I don't like a, a lack of fear of losing his job. Because... I also don't think he cares about his own legacy though. I think the the thankful thing about this situation is fundamentally he's someone that just cares about yeah, the Also a reminder that, that Mueller would probably identify as a moderate Republican. Oh totally. Yeah absolutely. So. But I don't care about your party affiliation. No, me either. Legal I, don't, investigation, I don't care about you your party affiliation across the board. I truth. Know. In the pursuit yeah. of truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Another week. Good to see you. Let's hope the next one is uh, even got some high notes, just yeah. like this one. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Nice